Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Hi, this is Joshua David Stein, host of the Fatherly Podcast, the perfect podcast for the imperfect parent. Join us as we talk to dads like Ken Burns, Tom Colicchio, and John Legend about fatherhood. Listen free by searching for the Fatherly Podcast on iHeartRadio or wherever you subscribe to your favorite podcasts. Great news. Quick way you could save money, switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on car insurance with TrueCar. Uh, you can also find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and on average save and off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And speaking of confident, man, I am confident right now looking at those college football playoff rankings that right now, I know that college football frequently resolves itself that There's lots of attention paid to the potential conflict that can be coming down the road. But, man, we've got some massive games going on this weekend. And when you really kind of break down what could happen, the rankings obviously came out last night and they were unchanged despite all the wildness that happened last weekend at the very top of the playoff rankings. So you still got Georgia. Alabama, Notre Dame, and Clemson is the top four. I told you guys on Monday as well as Tuesday that I personally would have Oklahoma in the five in the four spot and, and Clemson in the five. Now, I think that's even more likely if you look at what's happening this weekend. I don't know how Oklahoma can beat effectively their third top ten team, their first one at home, the other two having been on the road, and not end up in that four spot. So maybe that's what the committee is waiting for, another big win by Oklahoma. But if you've got TCU on the resume, if you've got Ohio State on the resume, 
and also if you've got Oklahoma State on the resume, Oklahoma would have the three best wins of any team that's trying to get into the playoff. And so for right now, as a result, I think you would have to flip-flop Clemson and Oklahoma. Now, which way that could change, I'm not even sure exactly because there's so many different games at stake. And let's be honest, if Miami beats Notre Dame, then Miami would have a pretty good case to deserve to be in the top four as well because that would be one hell of a great win for Miami over number three, Notre Dame. And then obviously, like we just said, you've got Oklahoma hosting TCU. And then the other game that I don't think is getting that much attention, but that Las Vegas is telling us is going to be pretty close, is Georgia going on the road at Auburn. And Auburn is sliding in there as a top 10 school as well. Auburn sitting there at number 10. And honestly, they have the most difficult lineup of maybe any team that would ever have to make the playoff. But if Auburn beat Georgia and then two weeks later beat Alabama, and then came back again and beat Georgia in the SEC title game, I think Auburn would be in the playoff. Now, that would be a crazy way to finish the season. They would have to beat the number one team, then they would have to beat the number one team again, and then they'd have to come back and beat probably the number two or three team again. But at that point in time, I think Auburn, even with two losses, would probably have played its way into the playoff discussion because those would be such three amazing victories down the stretch, and people would go back and recalibrate and say, hey, well, you know, Auburn lost on the road at Clemson. That's not necessarily that bad of a loss at all. And then they lost a close game against a rival in LSU. I think what's more likely is that Gus Malzahn's Auburn team just can't quite get it done against either team, and Auburn's going to have to make a decision about whether Malzahn comes back or not at 8-4. and It's possible Auburn goes 8-4 and and loses – to three of the four playoff teams, Georgia, Clemson, and Alabama. It's really hard to hold that against Gus Malzahn, I think, personally. So what in the world is going to happen? We've got three top ten matchups coming up this weekend in college football. Remember all those idiots out there who told us, hey, you know what? The college football playoff is going to spoil the regular season. Man, were they idiots. And I think when we eventually expand this playoff to eight teams, that's going to be the perfect number, and we'll take five conference champs, have three wild cards, and everybody will feel like that's the right number to hit. You host all four of those quarterfinal games on campus, so the one plays the eight, the two plays the seven, the three plays the uh, the, the six, and four plays five, and all four of those on-campus settings would be magnificent, and then you go into the semifinals and the neutral sites and then the title game at a neutral, at a neutral site, and I think it makes total sense. I think it works perfectly. I think there's flawless uh, setup there. Nothing at all to worry about in that context. So to me, the, the the situation here, if you are kind of contemplating what the future can be, if you want chaos, here's what you need to root for in these three big games. If you want the committee to have the most difficult job imaginable, if you want there to be like seven different teams that are all basically indistinguishable in terms of their resumes, Here's the chaos that you need to root for. You need for Miami to, for Notre Dame to beat Miami. You need Notre Dame to beat Miami because the chaos situation here for Notre Dame is you need Notre Dame in the, in the clubhouse at 11 and 1, and you need Notre Dame fans to be furious beyond belief if at 11 and 1 with a one point loss to Georgia, they don't get in. So you need Notre Dame 
to beat Miami. I think that's the that's the easiest possible chaotic situation there. And then in the ACC title game, you need Clemson to beat Miami again and Clemson to post a 12 and 1 record. So that would put 11 and 1 Notre Dame and 12 and 1 Clemson both there. You need also for Georgia to beat Auburn. Cuz if Auburn beats Georgia and then Alabama comes back and beats Georgia again, then the SEC is only going to get one team. So you need for Georgia to beat Auburn if you want there to be a chaotic situation because that would make it likely, given the fact that they would only have Kentucky and Georgia Tech left, that Georgia is going to reach the SEC title game at 12-0. and All right, so you need that to happen. Um, and then in the other game, I think you need Oklahoma to beat TCU because 12-1 and Oklahoma would have one hell of a resume. So if you want there to be chaos, you want Oklahoma to beat TCU, you want Georgia to beat Auburn, and you want uh, Notre Dame to beat Miami. Now, if you want to eliminate a lot of the chaos, a lot of the chaos can disappear this weekend. Because if Miami beats Notre Dame, Notre Dame is out of the mix. Notre Dame will not make the playoff. And Miami still has a playoff game left against... Clemson effectively in the ACC title game then if you see Georgia lose to Auburn then Georgia is probably going to end up out because Alabama is going to be probably a seven or eight point favorite in the SEC title game and it seems likely that Alabama is going to win that game and so Georgia would be out as well and look in the Oklahoma TCU situation what you really need is just for obviously that whichever team wins this game to come back and lose the Big 12 title game. Because if Oklahoma beats TCU, uh, then TCU is effectively out of the playoff mix. So let me bring in my guy, Eddie Garcia, update us on the world of sports. What's shaking, my man? All right, Clay, we'll, uh, we'll start off with some NBA games of note, including the Cavaliers knocking off the Bucks 124-119. to Kevin Love had 32 points. LeBron James, 30 points in the win. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 40 points in a losing effort for Milwaukee. The Spurs knock off the Clippers, 120-107. to It was the Sixers winning their fifth in a row, beating the Jazz in Utah, 104-97. to The Grizzlies get by the Trailblazers in Portland, 98-97. And it was the Pelicans beating the Pacers 117-112. Anthony Davis, 37 points, 14 rebounds. And DeMarcus Cousins, 32 points, 13 rebounds in that win for New Orleans. College football, the latest playoff rankings, has no change in the top four. Georgia's still at number one, followed by Alabama, Notre Dame, and Clemson. The first team out of the playoffs remains Oklahoma, who is still at number five. Very sad news from baseball. Former Blue Jays and Phillies star pitcher Roy Holiday was killed in a plane crash in Florida. Two-time Cy Young Award winner who threw a perfect game and a no-hitter in his career was 40 years old. This report's brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Like I was saying, if you want chaos to exist, then there's a situation where there could be seven different teams that all deserve to, uh, to, to advance to the college football playoff. I mean, it's not far-fetched if you could run through uh, the scenario that Alabama ends up 13-0, and that Georgia ends up 12-1, and that Notre Dame ends up 11-1, and that Oklahoma is 12-1 and and wins the Big 12, that Clemson is 12-1 and and wins the ACC, that Washington is 12-1 and and wins the, uh, and wins the Pac-12, and that Wisconsin ends up 13-0 and and wins the Big Ten. 
then what in the world do you do? Because you have seven legitimate teams that all deserve to make the playoff. And potentially, if you take two SEC teams and you take Notre Dame, you're going to have three. And I, I don't know that that would be the answer that they would go with. I, I honestly don't. I, I, I legitimately think if you end up with all seven of those, that it's a total cluster. I mean, I, I don't even know what the committee would decide to do. It's a total mess to even think about. Um, and, uh, and, and that in and of itself is, is pretty fascinating. The other major story, by the way, outside of the playoff that's going on, I want to get into this uh, as we move into hour two. By the way, we're going to talk to John Campbell at the end of this hour. We'll call him up and we'll check in with some of these big-time games going on in college football and uh, also in the NFL. But to me, this <laughs> – what is the kid's name? I always get it mixed up. This is LiAngelo, not LaMelo, LiAngelo. LiAngelo Ball – and several of his two others of his teammates are currently in jail in China for for stealing, and they're facing three to ten years in prison. And they found Levar Ball, of course, is overseas right now. And they found Levar Ball, TMZ did, and Levar Ball had this to say: He was initially going to have a press conference, and then he decided it was a bad idea. So instead, this is what LeVar Ball said when he was reached in. I think they're in Shanghai. LeVar, do you have any update on the No, man, I ain't got nothing yet. I'm going to wait till I get some more intel what's going on, then I'll let y'all know what's up. Do you have, do you have any concern, or do you think everything's going to be okay? Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Everybody making it a big deal. It ain't that big of a deal. Uh-oh. That was actually ESPN, not TMZ. So it's a total uh, total mess over there. We're going to dive into that a little bit in hour two. Can you imagine a joint press conference between LeVar Ball and Donald Trump? Because Donald Trump is in Asia right now. My prediction is that China releases these guys from UCLA and allows uh, them to be, uh, to be returned to America as part of a gesture of goodwill, and Donald Trump takes credit for it. I'm going to talk about this at the open of hour, too. Trust me, get your popcorn. It's a ridiculous story. Uh, And I think it has a lot of different moving parts that prove how absurd everything associated with this is. Really, truly, unbelievably insane. Um, But uh, we will join John Campbell next. Let's go ahead and hop into the break. John Campbell up next. He is from Odd Shark, and he will take us through all the big college football games as well as the big game in the NFL. For hour two, we got Jeff Short set up, and then in hour three, Britt McHenry is set to join us. Thanks for hanging with us here on a Wednesday on Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier Joined now by John Campbell of Odd Shark, as we typically are on Wednesday mornings, to get you ready for the upcoming weekend in college football and the NFL. John Campbell at Johnny Odd Shark. All right, John, we've been talking about the college football playoff rankings, and obviously there are three major college football top ten matchups here. So let's run through each of these. Uh, I will start with Georgia, since they are the number one team in the college football playoff rankings, and they are going on the road at Auburn, who is number ten. What do you see in all likelihood in this game in terms of an outcome? I think a lot of people surprised, maybe who are just kind of casual college football fans. Auburn around a two point, two and a half point underdog in this one, but uh, Vegas telling us it's going to be close. What do you anticipate? 
uh, I, I love you can still get Auburn plus three and a half out there and I love Auburn at that number and uh, and I'm a little surprised at how many people love Georgia and how much money is coming in on Georgia this Auburn team's just gotten better all year uh, in particular on offense and uh, just being at home I think they they had the quarterback advantage getting three and a half I think this game should be a pick so I love Auburn in this one so you think it should be a 50-50. I mean, if you're sitting out there and you're a fan of the Big 12 or you're a fan of the Big 10 or Pac-12 or the ACC, one way to ensure that your uh, your team has a much better chance of getting in is the SEC only getting one team. And so you should be rooting for Auburn. You think Auburn has a good chance to win this game? Yeah, I, I do. And I think oddsmakers do too because this one opened at plus one. And and I think the true line is a pick em, but they knew they'd get some Georgia money. I don't think they expected to get all the Georgia money early on here. And another thing is, is Auburn still really controls its own destiny to the playoffs. So if they're 40-1. to 1. They went out. I mean, you can't leave them out. I know they have two losses, but uh, if you like them this weekend, I'm going to take them 40-1 to 1 as well. To win the uh, championship. I, I think actually Georgia's going to win, but uh, but I'm excited to watch this game. All right, let's move into the next. And I bet I, I love Georgia if you can get them under a field goal. Obviously, that three point line is a, a big swing. Let's move on to the next uh, top ten matchup, and it's as good as as a lot of the games were back in the '80s when this matchup became a a, a big time rivalry that everybody paid attention to. And that is Notre Dame on the road at Miami. Notre Dame around a three-point favorite, I believe, most recently, at least last night. I was seeing it. What do you see in this game? Well, I, I like Notre Dame here, and uh, and I think they'll get most of the money, but Notre Dame is, is legit, and, and their offensive line is just so good. It can, it can stand up against this Miami front seven. So I think they're going to control the rushing game. And where Miami has trouble, they have trouble staying on the field on offense. They're 119th on third down conversions in the nation. So I think Notre Dame's going to be able to control the game on the ground, and, and over 60 minutes they're going to win this one. I, I'd prefer the line to be a little bit lower, but I like Notre Dame minus three in this one. TCU at Oklahoma to match up the final matchup of two one-loss teams in the Big 12. Whoever loses, obviously, out of the mix for the playoff could still potentially make the Big 12 title game depending on who the top two, the top two teams are going to end up because there's so much uncertainty at the top of the Big 12 right now. What do you see in this one? Well, this line was 7.5, and, a half and uh, uh, it, it's come down now to 6.5, and, and I think that's the right move. I tend to lean to defense when it's an offense versus defense kind of matchup, and, uh, and, and so I like TCU there. And one of the things I like is, is they've gotten a lot better uh, against the pass in recent games. Their last three games, they're allowing less than 170 yards again. So I think they'll be able to slow Oklahoma enough, and this Oklahoma defense is just so soft. We saw that last week with 110 points in Bedlam, and, and uh, I think TCU might win this one outright. All right, so we're we're on different sides here quite a bit. I like Georgia, you like Auburn. We both like Notre Dame, so maybe run from that one if you are a gambler. And then I, I think if you can get them under a touchdown, so if you can get them at six and a half, I like Oklahoma to win this game against TCU, ultimately because I like Baker Mayfield the most of anybody on this field, and I just don't see Oklahoma losing at home in a game of this magnitude. You like TCU. Any others in college football that particularly jump out at you that you love? 
Yeah, there, there were a couple. Uh, I'm really surprised to see Virginia plus 11 at Louisville. I, I think that's a game that Virginia could win straight up. Louisville could beat them by 20, but uh, but I really like Virginia plus 11 there. Uh, Washington minus 5.5 at Stanford. Stanford has no passing game, uh, and uh, I, I just think Washington is better all over the field there, so that's another one. And uh, BC plus three at home, this BC team coming off a bye, and they're a completely different team now getting three points. So those are three others that I like a lot too. All right, let's shift to the NFL. What games at most jump out to you that you think, man, I've got to pay attention to this one. I think it's a fantastic game. Well, I've been on the Jets for a few weeks here, and, and I keep waiting for, for the Lions to catch up. And uh, I, I like them again this week. They're, they're minus two and a half at Tampa Bay, who's terrible. Uh, the Jets are 6-0-1 against the spread in their last seven, and Tampa Bay is the complete opposite at 0-6-1 against the spread in their last seven. So uh, Tampa Bay can't stop the pass, and Josh McCown turns out is a very good quarterback this season. So Jets is one I like a lot there, and uh, another one, everybody in the world is going to be on the Pats, and I don't, I don't know how they don't cover. They're minus 7.5, and, and I think odds makers are trying to be tricky with that line, but... I don't, I don't see how the Broncos keep up with them, especially off the bye here. Is that just a function of how bad the Patriots have been in Denver? I mean, for whatever reason, the city seems to have a, a like kind of control almost in a mystical fashion over the Patriots. When they travel out to Denver, they just don't play well. And, and I wonder when I saw the line, even as bad as the Broncos have been playing, is that just a function of the history? Well, I, I think it's uh, the market expectation that the Broncos are better at home, and uh, and I, I think the market hasn't caught up to the fact that the Broncos aren't very good this year. And I think a lot a lot of folks had high expectations for them coming into the season, but they're terrible at quarterback, and they're not quite as good on, on, on defense here. So I, I think the Pats are going to blow them out. I, I thought that was a bad line last week, too, with the Eagles, and they got blown out there, and I think we're looking at another similar situation. There's a lot of big lines, relatively speaking, in the NFL this weekend. Uh, one of the games that's not a big line that's actually a pretty fascinating one to look at is Saints going on the road at the Bills. The Saints going for a seventh straight win. The Bills with a lot of time to prepare since they looked awful in their Thursday night game against the Jets. What do you see in that one? Well, the Saints are are a much better football team all around this year, uh, in part because they're rushing the ball and mixing up their offense a lot more. Part of that is because their defense is a lot better, too, and they're, they're not coming from behind all the time. But I'm actually leading Bills in this one, and, and uh, the, one of the things I like here is the Bills are, are third best at defending the pass, at, at pass defenses this year in the NFL, and they don't get to the quarterback. So they've been really good in the secondary, and that's what you have to be to stop and slow Drew Brees. So I'm actually leaning to the Bills in this one. Okay, a couple more games that I think are fascinating here. we got Cowboys going on the road at the Falcons. The Falcons are a three-point favorite, and the Titans can get to 6-3 and three with a home win over the Bengals. It would drop the Bengals to 3-6 and six and effectively end their season. What do you see in those two? Well, the Falcons are, are three and twelve against the spread in their last fifteen games as a home fave, and, and and I think this line surprised a lot of people at minus three. I think that's a line assuming Ezekiel Elliott will be out, but uh, but I, I, it's hard not to like the Cowboys in that one. And I was on the Ravens last week with the Titans. I, I'm leaning to the Bengals again this week. I just think it's too many. I think the Titans are going to win. Uh, and uh, I just think it's too many points. And the Titans have had trouble kind of finishing off games. They allowed the Ravens to, to sneak one in there and cover late last week. So, so that's where I'm going in those two. 
Outstanding as always, John Campbell. Go follow him on uh, Twitter at Johnny Oddshark. Thanks, John Campbell. Thanks a lot, Mike. John Campbell joins us every Wednesday. Bit of news out there. We're going to lead with this when we come back at the start of Hour 2. Uh, a quote by Angelo Ball and all of his UCLA teammates, I believe the two other guys who were arrested uh, for the thievery, for, uh, for stealing, they, uh, they have been released uh, at, from jail. The players were treated with the utmost respect, kindness, and professionalism at all times by the Hangzhou police. I'm not even sh- sure how to pronounce that exactly. Uh, a source telling ESPN that they're being required by the police to remain at the hotel until the legal process plays itself out. So we're going to talk about this, the UCLA players getting arrested, and dive into the mess that is this story to start the second hour of the show. We'll also be joined by Jeff Schwartz. We'll break down everything that's going on in the NFL in the week that was and the week to come. All of that still on the horizon. Thanks for hanging with us on a great Wednesday in November. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. And just when you think that things can't get more insane, we've got a situation where in China, LeVar Ball's son, Leangelo, he is the second son. He is the son that is uh, obviously... Um, the one playing at UCLA right now, the least of the famous Ball brothers, he has now been arrested last yesterday in China. Now, this is a messy situation in general. He has now been released from jail, and they say that they were treated well, according to ESPN. And he is now, yeah, he's out on bail, and they are not allowed to leave the hotel there in China LeVar Ball uh, was reached by ESPN and basically said he didn't think it was going to be a big deal. But Dan Wetzel at Yahoo Sports got an expert from China to talk about the potential charges that these basketball players at UCLA face and that potentially they could face three to ten years in prison in China if they had done what they did, which is evidently steal something from a store in the Shanghai area. Now, what is wild about this story in general is that, well, first of all, there's so many different angles of this story that are crazy. First of all, Donald Trump is in Asia right now, so and he has a decent relationship with the head of China. So I think this thing is probably going to get resolved in a way that makes Donald Trump look like a kingmaker because I think that the relationship will be such that they're not going to throw the book at these players. But before I get into the stupidity and the craziness of this story, I think it's worth pointing out the hypocrisy of the NCAA and the state of California in this story. And let me explain how. In this story, California, if you remember, we spent a decent amount of time on this, uh, passed a new law uh, several months ago, which did not allow the state of California employees to travel to several other states based on what they perceived as discriminatory laws that existed in those states. Among those states were Texas, North Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, one of the Dakotas, I believe, Missouri. There were several different states that were involved in this travel ban for California. And it's still on the books, and we still haven't heard exactly how it applies to teams from the state of California that are using state-sponsored travel funds in order to be able to do that. So in general, that is a, a, a law that's on the books. And what's amazing about that is 
they're allowing UCLA men's basketball team to travel to China. So if you have an issue with state-sponsored travel because of the laws that are on the books in other states in America, if you won't let state-sponsored travel be paid for to go to Texas, Tennessee, or North Carolina, how in the world are you allowing state-sponsored travel to go to China where they don't have any kind of actual protections under the law? It's not like uh, people in China have full rights. And as a result... If you had said, let's say UCLA players go to Tennessee or Texas or North Carolina, three states where right now California bans travel to, if they go out and they steal from a store in any of those states, look, it's stupid and you guys are going to get in trouble and 18 and 19-year-old kids do dumb things all the time. The actual long-range impact of this incident, of the of the stealing, is negligible, right? You end up paying a fine, you, uh, you, you are, you're embarrassed, But it's not as if there's any long-range, negative, severe consequences that would follow a decision like that. Here, this is even crazier. We're talking about, potentially, if China decided to throw the book at these kids, they could be in jail for three years to ten years in China for violating Chinese law. So what we definitely need here, because the world of 2017 has just been so crazy already is for Donald Trump and LeVar Ball to end up hosting a joint press conference together to discuss this incident. It is overwhelmingly crazy to me that this kind of situation is happening. LeVar Ball was going to have a press conference last night, and then somebody got to his ear and said, hey, you know what, it's better if you don't go out and make all these comments about everything surrounding this story. Again, if you're just waking up across the country, this story broke yesterday afternoon slash evening. I don't even know what time it is in Shanghai right now. I think they're like 12 hours ahead of us. So it's 6 o'clock in the evening, I believe-ish, in Shanghai right now. Um, and uh, and right now, the UCLA basketball players have been let out of jail, but they are still not allowed to leave their hotel as this situation tries to resolve itself. Will they be able to travel back with the team? Is there going to be any long-range consequence? Does somebody decide to actually throw the book at these individuals? I mean, this is a crazy story. If you were trying to craft a story that was absurdly perfect for 2017, I think it would be LeVar Ball's son, not Lonzo, not LaMelo, the oldest and the youngest, who are both supposed to be the best basketball players, but LiAngelo, who is a freshman at the UCLA on the UCLA basketball team and two of his teammates all arrested in China for stealing and according to Dan Wetzel at Yahoo Sports now facing and this is crazy but now facing potentially 3 to 10 years in prison if they were prosecuted to the full extent of Chinese law now I'm not an expert on what usually happens to Americans obviously who get arrested overseas but I do think this is a this is kind of an instructive moment for anybody out there who may have a trip overseas. You don't get very many protections of American law. And we, we criticize, especially athletes, criticize American law enforcement on a regular basis. But of all the countries in the world to be arrested in, America's one of the best because we have a clearly established criminal court system and we have a pretty lenient treatment, especially for first-time offenders. In this situation, I just find it amazing that the state of California and UCLA in particular 
with the state banning travel to Texas, North Carolina, and Tennessee, that they would be okay. And by the way, with the NCAA having pulled all these events from North Carolina over the transgender bathroom bill, that they would be okay with events taking place overseas in countries with horrible records of human rights. In other words, if you had to choose right now between getting arrested for a crime in North Carolina or China, is there anybody on the planet that chooses to be arrested in North Carolina? I mean, sorry, that chooses to be arrested in China. North Carolina has typical protections. We banned, it's crazy, the NCAA banned events in the state of North Carolina, but now the individual schools are still able to go to China and do all sorts of trips. This, to me, is a pretty fascinating story on virtually every level. Uh, I'm going to bring in the crew now. Jason Martin, any additional details out there about this case that should be out there for people who are starting off their Wednesday and just thinking to themselves, okay, I need to know the most absurd story that could possibly happen. Well, here you go. No, you know, I do think that when we have Dan Wetzel on this show, obviously he does a fantastic job over at Yahoo, and he really did lay this out very well in that article, which has a headline that really is eye-popping. I mean, when you look and you see Leangelo Ball and UCLA teammates can face three to ten years in prison if convicted of shoplifting, that'll raise the eyebrows. That will slow you down. But the last thing that we've seen, according to that source that spoke to ESPN, is that they have been released on bail, like we said. If you look into the Wetzel thing a little bit deeper, just the idea of how different the systems of justice are between our nation, certainly, and what's going on over in China, the idea they could have potentially been incarcerated or actually kept and detained for a month without even charges being filed, and just how difficult this entire thing could be. And just the Trump factor is just nuts. Like, if there's anything more 2017 than Trump and LeVar Ball trying to get Leangelo Ball out of a Shanghai jail, I don't know what it is. Like, that Uh, is unbelievable. It's absurd. What about you guys in L.A.? I mean, how much attention is this getting in L.A. right now? I'd say it's getting a lot of attention, Clay, just because, you know, the whole Ball-L.A. connection. And, you know, being as that all of these kids are future Lakers, hashtag future Lakers, (laughs) it's a concern to us. You know, your boy, by the way, really quick, your boy Petros was having a lot of fun with this yesterday afternoon on AM 570. I don't have any doubt at all. Petros joins us every single Tuesday night. I mean, this is, to me, if you were just trying to mad lib the craziest stories that could happen in 21st century America, right now I don't know if there's anything wilder than LeVar Ball and Donald Trump having a joint press conference in China. And I could totally see this happening where Donald Trump alters his Asia schedule so he can fly back to China so that he can free the Ball kids and the other two kids from UCLA who've been arrested. And then in sort of a joint celebratory press conference, uh, LeVar Ball and Donald Trump address the media to uh, kind of take a victory lap over this story being uh, taken care of and resolved. If it doesn't happen in China, it would not shock me if everybody lands in L.A., and one of the first things they do is walk out for a big press conference. For the big baller brand, uh, unbelievably, I, assuming that Leangelo eventually makes it back into the country, I think it's probably good for LeVar Ball's brand because the amount of attention this thing is going to get is unbelievable. A part of me thinks this guy's a mad genius, and he actually planned his son to get arrested for stealing something so that they could get internationally known because it'll turn into a story in Shanghai and everywhere else. I mean, first of all, the fact that LeVar Ball is in Shanghai trying to do a big baller brand event is just by itself 
patently absurd. We've had LeVar Ball on this show. By the way, guys, do you have LeVar Ball's cell phone? Do we have his cell phone number? We've had him on Fox Sports Radio so much. Somebody in the L.A. studios has to have his cell phone. Can we just call his cell phone here in the next couple of minutes and just see if he happens to answer and see if he'll come on the radio with us? Because that wouldn't shock me at all. Do you guys have LeVar Ball's cell? We do. All right. In all seriousness, let's call LeVar Ball and just see if he answers and we'll come on and talk about the situation in China. Because I'm sure he's got his cell phone turned on. And who knows? Maybe LeVar Ball will come on with us and uh, discuss the situation in China with his son. That would not stun me at all. In fact, it would make perfect sense. So as we go to break, let's call LeVar Ball. We'll continue to call LeVar Ball throughout the show. Maybe he'll just come on. Otherwise, we're going to be joined by Jeff Schwartz. Jeff joins us every Wednesday all the time to talk about the NFL and college football. And so we will be uh, off and running with him. But in the meantime, let's blow up LeVar Ball's phone and see if he's willing to come on Fox Sports Radio and talk about uh, everything going on with LiAngelo and the Shanghai jail and everything else associated with this absurd story out of China. I am Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage. Thanks for hanging with us. Up next, it's Jeff Shorts talking all things NFL and a bit of college football on Outkick the Coverage. Great news. Quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. We're joined now by Jeff Schwartz. And this NFL discussion with Jeff Schwartz brought to you by our friends at TrueCar. With TrueCar, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Bring in Jeff Schwartz. And Jeff, is this ball family controversy with Donald Trump not the most amazing and perfect story for 2017? Oh, it's incredible. And, and think about this. LeVar Ball was basically made popular in the summer because there's nothing to talk about, right? If LeVar Ball comes along during football season, it's not he's not famous. I, I don't think so. Um, and now, obviously, his son got arrested. Shop. I mean, it's, it's a remarkable 2017 story. And uh, I, do you think Donald Trump will actually come? I mean, do you think he'll take it personally and try to come – rescue him or because you know there's barely any state department staff so they're not going to do that um so it's going to be a remarkable uh thing to see how this how the story plays out well one of you guys look up donald trump's asia schedule i believe he's in south korea right now he started i believe in japan then he went to south korea i think he finishes up in china so they literally are going to be trump is going to be in china at the exact same time as the Ball family, I believe. I, I'm, I'm telling you this is what's going to happen because Trump has a pretty good relationship with the Chinese president. The Chinese president is going to basically throw an alley-oop to Donald Trump, and he's just going to dunk on all of his critics in the pro sports because he's going to save. I mean, he's going to pay. He's going to come right into China and he's going to, I'm telling you right now what's going to happen. He's going to land in China and then he's going to have a huge press conference and he's going to save the ball kid and the other two UCLA players from persecution. China as a gesture of goodwill for Trump's arrival is going to give these guys back to the United States and say, we're dropping charges against them in a gesture of goodwill and Donald Trump is going to be a hero. I'm telling you, this is exactly how this is going to play out. I almost think that the Ball family like set this up with Donald Trump. It just seems like such an unbelievably rigged 2017 story to end up with just a, a way for Donald Trump and LeVar Ball to have a joint press conference. Will will like Donald Trump come out in a big baller brand like hat and and oh LeVar Ball comes out in a Make America Great Again hat? Like I can definitely see 
LeVar Ball but going all in on Team Trump, like Donald Trump and LeVar Ball becoming boys. This is going to happen. Like, they basically are the same person already, right? Uh, LeVar Ball and Donald Trump are you, – you know if they went out to dinner, they would like each other. Right, I mean, oh, they, 100%. They, they are just like each other. Uh, one guy just happens to be the president. The other one happens to be a guy with three sons who are good at basketball. But if they would, they would hit it off if they actually meet up. So I can see this relationship turning into a bromance. By the way, as, as a Pac-12 guy, and my, both my parents are UCLA alums, you know, I've been seeing you tweet about you know UCLA, really the state of California, their decision to not travel to states that they don't agree with their laws, and then they go to China with their with the way they. Handle um, handle things there. It is very hypocritical for for. The Pac-12 you're you're to a California. Yeah, you're a Pac-12 um, athlete, and you grew up in California. Isn't it crazy that California would not, for instance, allow a team to go to North Carolina, but they'll allow a team to go to China? Yes, I, I, think I mean that is I, I just insane. It, it feels like you know, and and you know me, I probably I probably lean a, a little bit more left than, than some people, but I, I think that. That you can't, as a state, you just can't mandate that, that you can't go somewhere because you don't like the laws of that state. Um, you know, how would you feel if, if they did the same thing to you? I mean, there's plenty of liberal laws in California that people probably don't agree with, um, and states still come there and, and play games. I think it's crazy that, that then UCLA goes to China with their, with their labor situation at times. Um, and then obviously this situation, I wonder how UCLA handles this as well. I mean, you know, you have three kids that got caught shoplifting on an international trip. It's supposed to be a goodwill trip. Uh, supposed to spread the game. By the way, what, what are they trying to spread college basketball in China for? Like, what, what do they expect to happen from this? No one's going to become a UCLA basketball fan and tune in at odd hours of the day to watch UCLA play Mercer in December. I mean, it just seems like an odd choice to go to China and play Georgia Tech, who's not even a basketball brand. Yeah, this is something the Pac-12 has decided to do. They, they believe that because they're on the West Coast, they are the closest to Asia. And so they play games in Australia. They're trying to play games in China. I don't know. I'm with you. I, are there tons of Chinese people out there that are suddenly going to be like, oh, I love UCLA basketball? Um, obviously, I think it makes sense for the NBA. I think it makes sense right. for pro sports. But I don't think that there are very many people in China that are going to be like, oh, you know what I love? I love American college basketball. Like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's going to be this huge <laughs> UCLA Bruin fan base now uh, all over Shanghai because the team went over there. Uh, but I, I think it just to me the thing that really jumps out is just the hypocrisy of it because you live in North Carolina now. Over the North Carolina transgender bathroom bill, like all sorts of people decided that they had to make a really political statement. And that's, that's what it was. It was entirely political. And then if you're going to make those statements as an organization at the NCAA and as a state like California did, how in the world can you not get called on the hypocrisy of then allowing your teams to travel to China where they have no First Amendment protections, where dissidents get thrown into, law, into the jail like crazy, and where here, whereas here, if you get some guys arrested for shoplifting, which I'm not justifying shoplifting, but in the terms of the landscape of crimes that you can commit in America, shoplifting is pretty far down the list, right? It's not uncommon for 18-year-olds in America, whether they're athletes or not, to get arrested for something stupid like shoplifting. And the, in China, for that to face three to ten years in prison, in theory, I think these guys are going to be okay. But you're putting your kids at risk by going to China and you're not willing to go to North Carolina. It's just the blatant hypocrisy of it really makes my blood boil, to be frank. You know, the thing about it, too, is we still have not seen a situation yet where this has really played out. Because what if, you know, UCLA, USC, Cal, uh, excuse me, USC's private school, they don't count on this. Cal, UCLA, let's say 
uh, San Luis Obispo ends up making the NCAA tournament and they have to play a game in North Carolina or Texas, are they not going to go? I find that hard to believe that they're going to miss playing an NCAA tournament game um, because they're not going to go. And, look, the Pac-12 has one, at least one bowl in Texas. Um, yes. Is UCLA not going to go to Alamo Bowl? I mean, that seems, that seems rather ridiculous. Yeah, this look, I mean, it seems, it seems like it would be crazy. And, moreover, does the NCAA, when they set the brackets – have to be cognizant of the fact that the state of California will not travel to whatever all these states are. I think there's eight different states now where state-funded travel is not allowed. So do they have to then eliminate the UCLA from those brackets, which makes it more complicated for them if there's hosting events going on in Texas or North Carolina or Tennessee or I believe it's Missouri, all these different states. By the way, Donald Trump is scheduled to land in China today. Tell me this is not an incredible setup for Donald Trump to be landing in China right as this American basketball uh, mess explodes. Trump is definitely going to find himself in the middle of this in what is probably going to be the most crazy 2017 story imaginable. (laughs) All right, let's circle back around. You're on to talk NFL. Uh, When you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, I want to start here. I believe the Chiefs, am I correct, are one in three in their last four is yes. this a uh, symptom of some larger issue as they fall to 6-3? and three, Or is this the typical kind of difficult stretch that every NFL team kind of goes through and the Chiefs are going to emerge on the other side and be fine in the second half of the season? Well, they lost to the Steelers, which is their kryptonite. They, seem to can't, they can't seem to beat the Steelers. And they go on the road and play the Raiders, and defensively they don't play very well. And then against, you know, against the Cowboys, the Cowboys kind of thoroughly whooped them. I mean, if you take out that – Tyreek Hill touchdown, whatever that was at the end of the half. I mean, it's twenty-eight to ten, um, and it's really not even close. I mean, they, they dominated on both sides of the line of scrimmage as well. Um, you know, the Chiefs have their bye this week. They come out of the bye there. Randy Reid something like seventeen and two after a bye. They play the Giants um, the following Sunday, so you know they'll win that game. They'll go to seven and three. I'm not terribly worried. I mean, a couple of things I do worry about is the, is the run defense is not very good, especially. And this is what Steelers do well is when you run out of 11 personnel, so you have one, one running back, one tight end, and three wide receivers. The Chiefs counter with dime all the time, which means you have four defensive linemen, uh, one linebacker, and one safety-type player who's playing linebacker. The Chiefs have done this for years. I don't get it because it doesn't work. They, you know, that safety player used to be Eric Berry, but he's been hurt over the last couple of years. And so you put in someone else there, it just doesn't work uh, quite the same. So they have trouble with that. And then, you know, the, the play calling at times, I love Andy Reid. Um, and you know he he gets a bad you know he gets a rap sometimes about play calling and it's true I mean they come out of the second half on Sunday um, they run Hunt three times for 29 yards and I don't think they ran him again the rest of the game um, and you, and that's what Andy Reid has kind of always done is, is he's always gone back to to passing whenever uh, the situation calls for runs at times and, and that hurts them so. You know, they have the Bible figure it out. I'm not terribly worried about them. But, you know, if they have to go on the road and, and play Pittsburgh in the playoffs, um, do you have any faith they'll beat them? I don't, and I'm a Chiefs fan. So they need home field at least for, for one division game. When you look at right now the, the lineup in general, we, we talked a lot about the playoff picture at the halfway point. Who would you say should be the favorite in the AFC and who would you say should be the favorite in the NFC right now at this exact moment? Well, the AFC has got to be – the Steelers or the Patriots. I think whoever has home field advantage is going to feel good about that. I mean, I think that if they played each other 10 times, you, you might get, uh, you know, the, you know, they might split five and five. I think it's hard to say who'd win that game. You know, New England's defense is, is playing better. Um, you know, where they had injury wise will, will be a big factor. You know, the Steelers defense, by the way, the Steelers, we talk about Steelers offense all the time. Cause big fan and Le'Veon Bell, their defense has quietly played really well this year. 
Um, I think I'd favor, I personally would favor the Steelers right now in that matchup. Um, just more talented and, and they have more explosive players and can do more on offense and defense. And then the NFC, you know, I think the NFC honestly is, is wide open. Um, you know, I love the Saints, but they have not really played anybody the last six weeks. Now they're winning games big, which they're supposed to do. Uh, the last two teams to start 0-2 and win their next six have won the Super Bowl, including the 7 Giants. Um, so they're kind of in that range right now where they feel really good. They're, they mimic 2009 a lot, which is they're able to run the football, take some pressure off Drew Brees, uh, and play good defense. And Alvin kind of Kamara has well. been fantastic for them. Yeah. I mean, it allowed him to get yeah. rid of Adrian Peterson. He's, he's a guy that a lot of people have not probably picked up on how good he is. Uh, he played at the University of Tennessee great out of the backfield at receiving the ball, and just yeah. a wizard. I mean, he's very hard to get on the ground, and obviously given how good Drew Brees is in the passing game, to have him in the backfield, he kind of gives them a different dimension on the offensive side of the ball. He does. And, and, and of course, I have to give a shout-out to the offensive line. Their offensive line is playing really well. Um, they've invested a lot of parts in that offensive line. Uh, two first-round picks. They signed Matt Unger to a big deal. They signed Larry Warford to a big deal. Tyrone Armstead is their left tackle. Um, they're getting a lot from that offensive line. They're playing really physically. So I like the Saints, especially if they end up having um, a home game at all in the playoffs, um, you know, or these home field advantage if they get a bye. You know, I, I like the Eagles, too. I mean, the Eagles, I think, to me, um, they've really overcome a lot of injuries they've had, left tackle, middle linebacker. Uh, they're making the most with, with the, the, the personnel they have, and Wentz has, has been a wizard so far. They're, they're fun to watch. They're physical on defense. They really run the football. You know, Wentz takes care of the ball better than he did last season. Um, you know, to me, the NFC, I, I think it's just wide open. I could see many teams. Like, I don't think the Rams win, win the NFC, but I think that they can give a good run at the NFC. Um, and, and get a, you know, a playoff game victory in, in, in there. And look, Seattle, that was a terrible, embarrassing loss uh, this weekend, but they can still they, they can run the table. If, Dallas, if Zeke Elliott can play the rest of the season, Dallas has a chance. Um, I don't think he will. I think he'll be suspended again Thursday, and, and then they'll file another appeal. It's a, that's a ridiculous thing. That, that story, it, yes. It, it's never going to end. Like, to me, look, I understand. I said this early on. Um, that he should just take the suspension and for basically for the betterment of his team and move on. I get why he doesn't want to do that personally if he believes that he's innocent of, of a crime. He's not going to just sit there and take the punishment and basically be labeled an abuser when he doesn't feel he is. I get all that. But like this is killing his team because if they keep pushing this back and back and back, he's eventually going to serve a suspension. It's going to happen. Um, and it could possibly be a playoff game. Uh, and they keep pushing this back and back and back. I'll give you one more dark horse in the NFC, and this really comes down to, to how well Cam Newton plays. The Panthers' defense is really, really legit. I mean, they're really good. They suffocate teams. Uh, they can they can stop the run if Luke Keekley can stay healthy. Um, that defense can carry them to win the NFC. The problem is, offensively, they are a disaster. Um, they've gone back to Cam Noon basically being the entire offense, which to me is not sustainable. Um, every time he runs the ball, I think he's going to get hurt. I mean, he just the, the hits he takes, it's just not sustainable. But if he can stay healthy and they can do something on offense, um, they're defensively good enough to win the NFC. Um, so they're a dark horse to me as well. We're talking to Jeff Schwartz uh, about potential AFC and NFC uh, Super Bowl contenders. You uh, are an Oregon Duck, so you've paid a lot of attention to Marcus Mariota over the years. The Titans are hosting the Cincinnati Bengals this weekend. They're sitting at 5-3. and three. If they win that game and they're around a five-point favorite, they would get to 6-3 and three and be going on the road for Thursday night football against probably 7-2 and two Pittsburgh. So it would actually turn into a pretty good game, 7-2 uh, and two Pittsburgh against 6-3 and three Titans. What's up with Mariota in year three? What are you seeing? The team is winning, 
but it doesn't appear that everything's clicking on all cylinders offensively. What do you see when you watch them play? Well, he keeps getting hurt, which I think takes a big toll on him. You know, he, he does incorporate the run um, into his quarterback play, which I think he should be doing. Now, they don't, they're not a run-first team with Mariota, um, so, you know, he, but he, that's part of who he is. And so I think that the hamstring injury um, has been hampering him. And, look, the offense is not built uh, to be wide open and, and have a lot of explosive plays. They, they generate them because they have a good run game and they're able to hit play-action pass. I mean, I think what Mariota does in the red zone is remarkable. To still not have one red zone turnover um, is, is just – through three years is just insane. Um, but, you know, to me, I think he'd benefit from a, a more creative offense. I mean, you know, if, if he was in Sean McVay's offense, Kyle Shanahan's offense, um, I think you'd see a, a bigger jump for him from year two to three. Um, but, look, Jameis Winston is struggling in this situation right now where he's going from year two to three. So uh, I still like the Titans. I think I haven't picking, uh, I picked them to win the South. Uh, but Jacksonville, man, I'm, like, shocked, shocked that they're – where they are right now with Blake Bortles. I mean, they're winning in spite of Blake Bortles. What happens with the Falcons? The Falcons have the Cowboys this weekend in what is a big game. The Falcons are actually a three-point favorite. Now, this is one of those big swing games where if the Falcons came out and played really well against the Cowboys and won and the Cowboys lose overnight, the thing I love about the Cowboys is how particularly Cowboy fans go from like the the clouds to the, the the floor like almost immediately right like they are the most bipolar fan base out there they win a game and they're like we're back baby we're going to the Super Bowl they lose a game and it seems like their entire fan base is like uh, like you know they just start kicking themselves all over again so I think if what what typically happens here is right when you start thinking oh the Cowboys are, are good they lose and so I totally expect for the Falcons who are four and four to come out and just put it on the Cowboys who are five and three and then at the end of this game, they'll be in the exact same place. They'll both be 5-4. and four. What's interesting about the Falcons, if you look at their stats, they're number one in yards per play on offense. But they don't score a lot of points, which is kind of shocking to me. I think in the red zone, they've been pretty poor. Um, against the Jets two weeks ago in the rain in MetLife Stadium, they kind of got an offensive rhythm. They scored 25 points in the rain. They looked good. You know, they had some drop passes. It was pouring rain and things like that, some bad snaps. And then against Carolina, come out – play well early, and then Carolina just suffocates them. I think, to me, if you look at the Falcons, they just don't have the creativity and offense they had the year before where they used a tight end in so many different ways. They took play-action pass. Um, But I'll tell you what, they had some mistakes even on Sunday. Julio Jones dropped a touchdown pass, a straight touchdown pass that would have made the game, um, would have put the Falcons behind with uh, three with about four minutes left just fly out, drop the ball in fourth down. I mean, he is, I don't think I've ever seen him just drop a ball in the end zone like that, wide open, no one around him. Uh, they're making mistakes like that where they did not make last year. You know, last year everything sort of went right for them offensively. You know, one of the most uh, high-powered offenses of all time. Uh, and, I mean, in single-season offense, they were probably in the top ten last year. They were that good in offense. And they just don't have that this year. And it's not surprising. You know, you have a new offensive coordinator. I, I don't know why people expected it to be the same. I didn't expect it to pull back this much. Uh, but they need to get the most out of Sark and the most out of Ryan coming down the stretch. One interesting thing to look out for, people have been whispering about Gary Kubiak wants to get back into coaching, um, and there's whispers that he would be the perfect fit in Atlanta. So this might be a one-year thing for Sark. When you look at uh, – there are a couple of games I want to hit you with specifically as we come uh, into NFL, I guess it's week 10. Um, the Saints and the Bills. You said you like the Saints. The Bills are 5-3. and three. This is a big game for both teams. 
If the Saints win, they move to seven and two, and they knock the Bills down back down to five and four. What do you see in that game? Well, this game, I believe, is in Buffalo, so that takes the dome out of it. And, and New Orleans obviously will play a lot better in the dome. I think the weather will be a, will be a factor depending on on how cold it is and how wet and rainy this time of year it is up in Buffalo. Um, you know, to me, if if the Saints get a lead, it's done. I, I don't see Tyrod Taylor as a quarterback who often um, can come from behind in games. He really does not – it doesn't happen very often. So because the Saints can run the football, that changes the way they play on the road. I mean, they used to be such a passing team to where on the road this was tough for them. It's supposed to be 44 degrees um, and, and clear at least on Sunday in Buffalo. Um, but because they can run the ball, they can slow the tempo down of the game and they can control the line of scrimmage. So I feel better about the Saints in this situation than I would have in the last three or four years. Um, but like you said about the Bills, if they don't win this, uh, they get knocked back down a peg. But to me, it's all about the, the Bills have to play from ahead for Tyrod Taylor to be effective. And if they get behind by, let's say, two scores in this game, they're not winning it. What about the Vikings and the Redskins? The Vikings kind of are sneakily 6-2. and two. I feel like a lot of people haven't paid attention to them. They're in the front-running spot right now in the NFC North, would be the overall number three seed if the season were ending today in the NFC. And they're going on the road against the Redskins, who got a tremendous win traveling all the way across the country to beat the Seahawks on the road. And right now Minnesota's a, a point-and-a-half favorite, but this is a big swing game for both teams here, I think, as well. It is, and to me, this, this story is not about the game. The story is about Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, he's he's going to be active this week, and I believe he'll be dressed. And to me, I put the Vikings down as a pretender at the halfway mark only because of Case Keenum. I know he's played well within the offense right now. I just don't trust him in a playoff game. Do you trust Case Keenum to beat any one of those NFC quarterbacks? No. Um, and to me, a lot of it comes down to quarterback play, especially now. I know people want to say, well, look at the 2009 uh, Jets with Mark Sanchez. They made the AFC Championship team. But the NFL is different now. The NFL is more reliant on quarterback play. Um, and the Vikings don't run the ball as well as the Jets did back then. So to me, watching what Bridgewater does, if he plays all this game or eventually gets into the driver's seat and be the quarterback there, that changes the way I feel about the Vikings. And, and with the Redskins, what they did on Sunday, I don't think people have talked about it. They were down four starting offensive linemen. And not just like, and they're not like just like four bumps. They are legit players. Trent Williams is the most physical left tackle. Their right guard, Brandon Sheriff, knocks people down all the time. I mean, they, they're legit good offensive line. They missed four of those guys and went into Seattle where Seattle only had six losses with Russell Wilson as quarterback at home since he, since he got there and beat Seattle at the end of the game. That was remarkable. So I don't know if they can beat another good defense without any of those offensive linemen. We'll see who's back. Um, but they finally got some production from their wide receivers, which they needed. Uh, and that's a game where if you don't like Kirk Cousins, um, you're upset because the Redskins, I think, have to pay him. I, I don't know what else you do. Um, you, you can't draft a guy where you're at in, in, unless you trade up and what you want to start all over again. So you got to pay Cousins. Outstanding stuff as always, Jeff. We'll talk to you next week. Yep, take care. That's Jeff Schwartz. He's brought to you by TrueCar. With TrueCar, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. New or used, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. More on the balls and the China situation and Trump. Really, this is real life next on OutKick, the coverage. Great news. Quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Let me bring in my guy, Eddie Garcia. Update us on the world of sports. What's shaking, my man? 
All right, Clay, we'll, uh, we'll start off with some NBA games of note, including the Cavaliers beating the Bucks 124-119. to 119. Kevin Love, 32 points. LeBron James, 30 points in the win for Cleveland. Giannis Attentacumpo, 40 points in the loss for Milwaukee. Spurs over the Clippers, 120-107. to 107. It was the Sixers winning their fifth game in a row, beating the Jazz in Utah, 104-97. Grizzlies slipped by the Trailblazers in Portland, 98-97. And the Pelicans beat the Pacers, 117-112. Anthony Davis, 37 points. DeMarcus Cousins, 32 points in that win for New Orleans. College football, latest playoff rankings have no change to the top four with Georgia number one, followed by Alabama, Notre Dame, and Clemson. The first team on the outside of the playoffs remains Oklahoma at number five. And very sad news from baseball where former Blue Jays and Phillies star pitcher Roy Halladay was killed in a plane crash in Florida. He threw a perfect game. He threw a no-hitter. Two-time Cy Young Award winner was just 40 years old. It's an awful story. Thank you, though, for the update there from Eddie Garcia. We're coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And honestly, uh, I wanted to hit this story, too. We're going to recircle back around to the college football playoff rankings coming out at the top of Hour 3, and we'll also talk about the continued update of LiAngelo Ball and his two UCLA teammates who were arrested for shoplifting. But this story got a lot of attention uh, and went viral because of the speech that was given by the head of the Air Force. Do you guys see the story about the Air Force cadet uh, Air Force Academy cadet, and what they do is they usually have a prep school for guys who are going to go play for the Air Force football team. A lot of times they do this for Army and Navy too. You go to a prep school for a year to get ready before you go into the Naval Academy, uh, to West Point, or to the Air Force Academy. I got to tell you, several years ago, I got the opportunity to go up to West Point and write a story about the West Point cadets, and I've been fortunate to go to a lot of Army-Navy football games over the year, over the years. And what those guys do is without parallel, I think, in sports. To be full-time cadets or, or at, at Army, Navy, or uh, certainly at Air Force, and then also to play high-level sports, particularly football, given all the obligations those guys have, is extraordinary. I mean, they have a level of discipline and an ability to get their work done which is unlike anybody else. I mean, I, I compared him when I was up there to what it would have been like if I had been in college at the same time. And I just, if you ever have the opportunity to go to Annapolis or go to West Point or go out to the Air Force Academy, I would encourage you guys to do it because what those kids go through is extraordinary. Well, this story got a lot of attention. There was a reported racial slur that was written on the dry erase board, I think basically outside of a dorm room that five black uh, football players were living in. And it got so much attention as an example of racism and and all of the ugly things that exist in this country today. And this story, I think, deserves to get as much attention as the initial one did. It was a hoax. The Air Force Academy conducted an investigation, and they determined that one of the football players himself, had one of the black football players himself, had been the one writing the racial slurs on the dry erase board outside of their dorm room. So that guy has been kicked out of school. And this is, uh, the racial slurs were discovered outside the dorm rooms of the black cadet candidates in late September. One cadet candidate's mother posted a photograph of the slur online and expressed her outrage. Uh, the uh, th- This situation um, is, I think, 
emblematic of stories in general. A lot of, and this just also happened at Kansas State, by the way. Racism is bad. It's awful. Judging anybody based on how they look, based on the color of their skin, who they decide to sleep with, based on uh, their gender, all that stuff is lazy and dumb. But it's also lazy and dumb of the media to report all these stories as if they're 100% true. In the last 10 days, guys, I have seen the San Francisco swastikas, which were supposedly the work of Nazis, actually have been done by a black guy. They caught him on tape. We have seen a black guy at Kansas State claim that his car was defaced, and when they did the investigation, they proved that he actually did it, and the Kansas State campus was in an uproar in Manhattan, Kansas. And now this Air Force incident, which went viral and created a ton, thousands and thousands of words to be written about it, and now this Air Force football cadet has been caught, the black guy himself, who was trying to get all the sympathy and all of the uh, all of the attention, he actually did it. So what I would ask both of everybody out there in the universe at large as well as the media is be skeptical of every story. I don't know Michael Bennett's story was a total lie. And what happens is the racism allegation gets hundreds of thousands of words of attention. And when it comes out that it was made up or that it was a lie or that it was fake, it gets a hundredth or a thousandth of the overall attention. So be skeptical of crimes. Don't assume that somebody is doing something wrong just because one person says it. That's the goal of the media. Get the truth. Don't assume the truth. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick, the coverage. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote as well. Duralast batteries are designed to stand up to even the most extreme weather conditions. They're built with patented technology to reduce damage due to vibration and deliver the most power during startup. They're proven tough and sold only at AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Uh, Last night, big news uh, in the universe of college football. The playoff committee rankings uh, were released, the second version of those, as we come into what will be a three top ten games this weekend, which should be absolutely fabulous. Uh, For those of you who have not yet heard, uh, Georgia remained uh, number one, Alabama number two, Notre Dame three, Clemson four, Oklahoma five, TCU six, Miami seven, Wisconsin eight, Washington nine, Auburn ten, If you are a Southern Cal fan, you are hanging right outside the periphery there at number 11, which was higher than I thought they would be. Okay, so the big discussion here is going to turn into, first of all, what happens this weekend? Because you've got Auburn going on the road at Georgia, and I feel like a lot of people aren't giving this game, or sorry, Georgia going on the road at Auburn. I feel like a lot of people are not giving this game very much attention. Vegas is telling us, hey, this game's going to be close because Auburn is only around a three-point underdog right now. So Georgia has waylaid everybody on their schedule, with the exception of Notre Dame, who they beat by one point back in September. And so just kind of pay attention to this one. Big game on the plains down in Auburn. If you are rooting for chaos, you want Georgia to win this game, honestly. Because if Georgia wins this game and goes in at 12-0, and Uh, then I think it's hard-pressed to leave Georgia out of the playoff no matter what happens in that game against Alabama. So that's one of the top 10 games. 
The other one, I think, is going to determine that 4-5 slot. Right now, I don't think that Georgia, Alabama, or Notre Dame are going to get dropped if they continue to win. Remember, Notre Dame is on the on the road this weekend against number 7 Miami. If Notre Dame beats Miami, Notre Dame is going to have two games left to go to the playoff. I don't see the Fighting Irish getting left out. If they beat Miami this weekend, and they're a small favorite, around a three- or a four-point favorite in that game, if Notre Dame can win at Miami, then I don't see them getting dropped out of the playoff four. And so all they'd have to do is beat Navy and then finish up by beating uh, at Stanford, winning that game at Stanford. And they would be in the clubhouse at 11-1 and because they have no conference title game to play. So Georgia, Alabama, Notre Dame is 1-2-3. and three, And Notre Dame is playing against Miami in what is an awesome game, the Catholics versus Conflicts all over again. Except now, honestly, Notre Dame has got more players arrested than Miami does because Mark Rick has done such a great job not just winning down in Miami, but coming in, grabbing the Hurricanes by their lapels and reasserting uh, a level of coaching dominance that we have not seen down there since, frankly, all the way back with Larry Coker. Uh, obviously, Mark Richt, a former Miami Hurricane himself. Okay, so we've got Clemson right now in the four spot. Clemson is in the four spot, but Oklahoma is playing against number six TCU. If Oklahoma beats TCU then Oklahoma will have beaten number 6 TCU, number 15 Oklahoma State, and number 14 Penn State. They would have three top 15 wins. Right now, Clemson's only top 15 win is over Auburn. And so now Virginia Tech is floating around there at 17, and certainly Clemson has got that win. And they've also beaten NC State, who's at number 23. But if they can get this done, if Oklahoma can beat TCU and get, then has three top 15 wins to one for Clemson, I don't understand how you wouldn't have to jump Oklahoma into the four slot and then Clemson's got to wait and see what happens with Miami uh, because they could be playing theoretically 11-0 and Miami in the ACC title game, which would help a great deal. So I say all of this for this reason. If you are a college football fan, it doesn't get any better than this. Because you have got three top ten games going on this weekend. And the significance of each of those games is massive. If Georgia loses, then Georgia potentially is out of the playoff because they would have to then beat Alabama and win the SEC to actually guarantee themselves a playoff spot. If Georgia wins, then they're sitting pretty good shape because they've got Kentucky, who they're not going to lose to. And then they go to Georgia Tech. And I know it's a rivalry game, and I know it's in-state, and I know Georgia Tech went on the road last year and won in Athens, but I don't think Georgia's going to lose to Georgia Tech. So if you were rooting against Georgia making the playoff, you need to desperately be on the side of Auburn this weekend. And if you are in the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the Big 12, or the ACC for that matter, you need to also be rooting for Miami to beat Notre Dame. Because if Miami beats Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish are out of the playoff running. If Notre Dame beats Miami, then I think Notre Dame is unlikely to lose to Navy or to Stanford. And I think 11-1 Notre Dame is going to be tough to leave out of the playoff. Why does that matter? If 11-1 Notre Dame makes the playoff, you can't then leave 12-1 Georgia out of the playoff. Because 12-1 Georgia would have a better resume than 11-1 Notre Dame and they would have a head-to-head win. So how in the world could you put 11-1 and Notre Dame in the playoff 
and leave out 12-1 and Georgia, which beat them head-to-head. That matters because if Notre Dame and Georgia both win, then I think both of those spots are going to get taken up. And then clearly if Alabama goes 13-0, they're going to stay the number one seed, which would mean that you would only have one spot left. And then which team gets that spot? Is it 12-1 Clemson? Is it 12-1 Oklahoma? Is it 13-0 potentially Wisconsin? Is it 12-1 Washington? You would have four teams that all legitimately feel like they deserve a spot. Now, do you bump Notre Dame out of the mix? Do you bump Notre Dame and Georgia out of the mix? Guys, this is potentially setting up as a total mess. We'll know more after next weekend because, again, I think if Notre Dame can win at Miami and if Georgia can win at Auburn, then they are set. Those two teams are going to be hard to knock out of the playoff. I just don't see Georgia losing to Kentucky or Georgia Tech, and I don't see Notre Dame losing to Navy or to Stanford to finish out their schedule. That is a potential cataclysmic situation for the college football playoff because Notre Dame could leave it, and if you get two from the SEC, then again, of those four schools, potentially you could only take one. Do you take 12-1 and Clemson? Do you take 12-1 and Oklahoma? Do you take 12-1 and Washington? Or do you take 13-0 and Wisconsin? That is not going to be an easy decision. That is a total mess that potentially is hanging out there for the college football playoff. I cannot wait to dive into this. Okay, other big news that is out there. And this is like we were trying to create Mad Libs. What could we design to be an insane story for 2017? I feel like this stuff keeps happening here in 2017. Leangelo Ball was arrested for shoplifting in Shanghai, China. This is a real story. And Leangelo Ball is overseas in China with his UCLA teammates. And, of course, who else is there? LeVar Ball and the Big Baller brand. And as a result of Leangelo Ball's arrest, alongside two of his other UCLA teammates for shoplifting, this is not made up, according to Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports, those three UCLA basketball players are facing three to ten years in prison. They don't mess around with shoplifting in China. Three to ten years in prison. Now, they are presently out on bail, but they are restricted to their hotel. They cannot leave there. At this exact moment, Donald Trump is also landing in China on his tour of Asia, which means that potentially we are going to get a situation where Donald Trump rescues three UCLA basketball players from potentially facing years in prison, and maybe, just maybe if the stars align, we could get a joint Donald trump Lavar Ball press conference discussing the arrest of Leangelo Ball and the freeing of the Ball family's top prodigal son, at least, overseas right now, as well as the two additional UCLA basketball players. Can you imagine a joint Donald trump Lavar Ball press conference? These dudes are the same person. If you like LeVar Ball, you have to like Donald Trump. And if you hate Donald Trump, I think you have to hate LeVar Ball too. These guys are totally absurd showmen. And I cannot even imagine what would happen 
if they ended up in a press conference together. First of all, I think they would love each other. I think that would be a mutual admiration society. I think Trump would love Ball. I think Ball would love Trump. And given how contentious Donald Trump's relationship has been with athletes, can you imagine what's going to happen here if Donald Trump parachutes into China and gets three UCLA basketball players effectively rescued from facing years in prison as part of his visit to China? Now, on top of that, we have also got total hypocrisy from UCLA in a little bit, but more so from the state of California. If you remember on this show, we talked a great deal about this story. The state of California has banned travel to, I believe it's eight different states now in the United States because they disagree with laws that have been passed in those states. And that's Texas, North Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, I think Alabama. Jason Martin, will you pull up the eight states and, and, and give us an update here? The eight states that California has banned travel to. And why do I bring that up? The reason why they ban travel is because they disagree with individual state laws that exist inside the borders of those states. And I'll give you an example. The Tennessee law that California has banned travel, state-funded travel for, that would impact professional their, their college sports teams, the reason that they have banned that travel to the state is because, for instance, in Tennessee, there is a counseling law. And I know this because my wife used to be a guidance counselor, uh, work at a high school. And she's familiar with this law. And it says, the Tennessee law, if you are advising someone who is gay and because of your privately held religious beliefs, do not believe that you could advise them as a counselor to the best of your ability because you disagree with their choice to be gay. That's the belief, right? That's the law that you disagree. You think that's a religious sin. You can allow them and refer them to another counselor that you think would be better for them. Now, I'm not an expert. Look, I'm pro-gay marriage. I think gay people should be able to be as miserable as straight people. I don't care who you have sex with. I just want you to be happy. That's my general proposition in life. But I also understand that many of you out there driving into work today have religious beliefs that don't coincide with gay marriage. And I don't consider you to be a bigot or an awful person for having those beliefs. In fact, I think the law that Tennessee passed there actually makes some sense. And I think that if you are a counselor and you believe that you can't give as good of counseling advice because of your religious beliefs conflicting with the person that you're giving advice to, I think that you should be able to find somebody else you think can do a better job for them. Regardless, that's what the state of Tennessee believes. The state of California has banned sports travel to the state of Tennessee over this. And there are eight other states And here are those eight other states, Alabama, Kansas, Kentucky, Mississippi, North Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, and Texas. I guarantee you we got listeners in all eight of those states right now. The state of California does not allow taxpayer-funded travel to exist from California to those states. That includes sports teams. Okay, now, let me ask you this. Doesn't the state of California deserve to be ridiculed because it allows UCLA men's basketball to travel to China, where there are rampant human rights abuses, where dissidents are put into jail for questioning the decisions of powerful leaders, where there is no freedom comparatively to what's going on in the eight United States, that the United, eight different states that, that China has banned travel to. 
sorry, that California has banned travel to. You're letting UCLA players go to China, and they get arrested for shoplifting, and they now face three to ten years in prison in China. And you're okay with that, despite the rampant abuse of human rights violations in China. But you're going to make a big show of not allowing your same teams to travel to Alabama, Kansas, Kentucky, Mississippi, North Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, and Texas? I think the state of California is totally full of crap here, and I think they deserve to be ridiculed. If you're going to make a big show because you don't like the counseling law that Tennessee has passed that allows somebody who's giving counsel to a gay person to hand them off to somebody else if they have a religious objection to it, I don't even see how that's that controversial. This happens all the time in the practice of law. I'm a lawyer. If I don't want to represent somebody because I believe I have a personal conflict, I'm not required to represent that person. Why should we require a counselor who has a religious objection and doesn't believe that they're going to do a great job of counseling? Why should we not allow them to refer that person to a better counselor? I I don't understand how that's that controversial of the law. Moreover, I certainly don't understand how the state of California can decide to ban travel to the state of Tennessee over it. And that's this kind of laws that they're also banning travel over to Alabama, Kansas, Kentucky, Mississippi, North Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, and Texas. Now, I said at the time, I offered the California Attorney General a forum on this show. I said, we'll have you on anytime, anyplace, anywhere to try to defend why California sports teams can't travel to these other states. You know what they said? No, no, we don't want to come on. You know why they said that? Because it would have been a bloodbath. Because it's a stupid law that California passed. And now they're okay with having teams travel to China? If they had had these teams travel to another state, like Alabama, Kansas, Kentucky, Mississippi, North Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, or Texas, and these UCLA players had shoplifted, I'll tell you what, they wouldn't be facing three to ten years in prison. California, stupid law, needs to be ridiculed for it, and I'm probably the only person you're going to hear take that angle this morning as this Langelo Ball story continues to develop. We'll talk about that and more with Britt McHenry, who's scheduled to join us next And uh, we'll continue to unspool all of the absurdity that exists in this crazy China story, which given given the fact that Donald Trump's on the ground now in China, who knows where it goes next. You guys have heard me talk about the amazing shave I get from my Dollar Shave Club razor, especially when I use it with Dr. Carver's shave butter. I'm here to tell you, I'm never giving up my membership. In fact, I'm adding even more DSC products to my daily routine Dollar Shave Club makes products for your hair, face, skin, shower, everything you need. They have me looking and feeling amazing. I didn't think it was possible. My hair even looks better. All because of their own original stuff. They only use the finest premium ingredients, and they deliver it right to you, just like they do their razors. They come in packages right to your door. No more trips to the store, cruising up and down the aisles, looking at shelf upon shelf. What do you do with it? Right now, I use Dollar Shave Club for almost everything. Razors, body cleanser, hair gel, even butt wipes. DSC has you covered head to toe. And I've said this before. We have his and her sinks in my house, uh, in my bedroom, in my bathroom there. My wife has got a whole absolute like NASCAR pit crew worth of products that she puts up at her at her sink, right? It's unbelievable. If you're married or you got a wife or girlfriend lives with you, you know what I'm talking about. The amount of products that women buy to use around their sink will blow your mind. You know what I had? I had a beard trimmer. I had a razor, 
and I had a toothbrush. That's the entirety of my grooming products. Now I got all this DSC stuff lined up, and you know what's happening? My wife's stealing it. She's stealing it from me because she's getting jealous of all the products arriving at our house and how much awesome, more awesome they work than some of the products she's using. Now's a great time for you to give Dollar Shave Club a try, too. You can get your first month of their best razors along with the travel size versions of shave butter, body cleanser, and, yes, even butt wipes for just 5 bucks. After that, replacement cartridges ship for just a few bucks a month. It's the DSC Starter Set. Get yours for just 5 bucks exclusively at dollarshaveclub.com slash outkick. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash outkick. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. We were just talking about this off the jump. This Langelo Ball being arrested in China for shoplifting at the same time that his dad is there with the big baller brand trying to do like a trunk show and at the same time that Donald Trump lands in China seems to me to be almost the perfect absurd story for 2017 in general, right? I tweeted it last night. It's just kind of amazing to me how much hatred and vitriol there's been towards President Trump from athletes and especially like the NBA community. And it's just this twisted sense of irony now that in NBA family, Lonzo Ball being the second overall pick out in LA for the Lakers, they may have to really need Trump's help in this situation. It's it's pretty incredible because this could be serious, Clay. I mean, I had I had a couple people reach out to me uh, about the subject last night saying they know they knew of people in similar situations, uh, little crimes in China who faced really harsh sentences. I mean, this isn't something to play around with. So, I, I mean, I just wonder what's going to happen next. Well, advice for everybody out there, and we have a lot of kids in high school and younger uh, driving into school sometimes with their parents and whatnot to start their day. Don't break the law in a foreign country, (laughs) all right? Like, a lot of people in America want to get on our criminal justice system, and they want to talk about how unfair it is and how awful it is. The American criminal justice system is the model for pretty much jurisprudence across the world. If you get in Mm -hmm. trouble here, it's the best possible place to get in trouble because our criminal defendants have protections and rights that don't exist hardly anywhere else in the world. And to me, like, there's a lot of people out there probably right now who, like, their jaw almost drops when they hear, if you get arrested for shoplifting in China, they don't play around. You face three to ten years in prison. And it ain't American prison either. It's Chinese prison. So, Leangelo Ball and his two teammates, first of all, they're idiots because, you know, when you're flying over and you have all that time, you would say to those kids, look, whatever you do, Just enjoy this experience. It's a cultural opportunity. You're going to get to play against Georgia Tech, all of these things. But understand that if you do something wrong, you're in significant issue here. You face significant trouble, and yet they still decide to shoplift in China. It's like one of the dumbest things I've ever heard of. But when you're 18 and 19 years old, a lot of times you do dumb things. And now you're right, Britt. Donald Trump is there in China. I think Mm -hmm. he's probably going to be able to get these guys out without too much trouble as a gesture of goodwill from the Chinese uh, premier. Yeah, and, and, you know, another thing that struck me, too, you're a parent, Clay. I am not. I, I've I've always been very reserved when it comes to calling that out because simply, like, I'm just, I'm not a parent. And any individual, any any kid can 
you know, have their bumps and bruises, make mistakes. So, you know, it's more the individual than that. But I do, it did strike me a little bit last night that, remember when LeVar Ball went on FS1, he got into, he was very rude to Christine Leahy, had that awkward altercation almost with her. Yes. What's that? He said, stay in your lane to her. Yeah, and it was because she had critiqued um, his 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 parenting. And so, you know, he has he has in, interjected himself into the national spotlight. Quite honestly, has done a very good job of that, even if you dislike the man. I mean, he's tried to build his own brand for his kids, but he has repeatedly said how good of a parent he is and how people cannot criticize his parenting skills. And then, you know, what happens? Your, your son uh, gets arrested over in China for a crime, and like you said, Clay, it's it's very different. I watched Brooklyn Palace as a kid. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's a good point. That was the uh, yeah. the Claire Danes movie, right? Well, yeah, Claire Danes, Kate Beckinsale. Um, that just it was a very good lesson when I was what twelve or thirteen when that came out. I mean, it is a completely different world over there when it comes to the, the courts and the justice system. I would not play around. And now we have another story that involves Levar Ball, and it's like I, I, personally, I think he does deserve criticism for this because. You know, it's 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 not a great story. This, these kids could face a really, really harsh reality soon. And don't go around creating how good of a parent you are when that happens, you know? Well, it's also like shoplifting oftentimes is a crime that somebody commits as a way to, you know, just be a rebel. Because it's not as mm-hmm. if the Ball family is lacking in, in, in gifts right now, right? I think, doesn't no. LaMelo, like the guys in L.A. can confirm this. I think LaMelo, the youngest drives a Ferrari, doesn't he? Isn't that true? I don't know. I think the guys in L.A. could confirm that. I mean, like, because there's already talk about, like, how in the world is LaMelo, the youngest kid, who's supposedly very, very good and has, like, 2 million Twitter, uh, Instagram followers and everything else, how in the world is he going to stay eligible given all the NCAA violations? But this is not a case where a kid's stealing something because he doesn't have food. Or, you know, like, I mean, a lot of times uh, it's, it's, it's just and, – and it always is interesting to what extent do you hold parents responsible for what the kids uh, have happened mm-hmm. to them. But it's a great point by you because he went after Christine Leahy on Colin Cowherd's show because he was supposedly upset that she had criticized his parenting. Well, now your son gets arrested in China for shoplifting – and but for the fact that you're going to have pretty good connections, maybe with the Trump family and also through UCLA, he could be facing years in prison. Like, I would love to know what would happen to a typical American 18-year-old who, who did this crime, who didn't have the UCLA backing, the LeVar, Bam, the LeVar Ball media attention, Donald Trump landing in the country. Like, what's a common uh, resolution to a case like this? If you're just an 18-year-old college kid who's studying abroad and you do something stupid like shoplifting, I don't know the result to that, but I would love to know the actual info. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I can pretty much guarantee with how much knowledge of the justice system, they would be over there for a very long time. And look, if I was 18 years old driving a Ferrari with with 2 million followers and and that kind of money, I'm not necessarily trying to really you know, get on the kid here. You did do something wrong, but we, you might have that entitlement now. I mean, I'm 31. That's a, that's a lot of blessings. It's a lot of uh, responsibility that this family has accumulated in the past year or two. And it is a sense of, of, I hate using this word because people have attacked me with it, but like entitlement that 
is tied into shoplifting, as you said, Clay, where it's this rebellion. It's this, like, I can get away with a lot of things. Let's try it over here. And and that's not the place to try it. <laughs> Leangelo, not. evidently, is the one who drives the Ferrari. So we're, we're not talking about a kid who has not exactly had a lot of gifts. And, uh, like, it's not like he's earned that Ferrari. But, yeah, he's 18 years old. He is a freshman at UCLA. And he actually, according to my crew out in L.A., is the one who's driving the Ferrari. So this is – remember when it was Winona Ryder? Didn't she get arrested for uh, for shoplifting? Sometimes yeah. people who have a lot of money do it just for the rush and the thrill of it. So maybe that's what's going on here. I don't know. But it seems like a really strange story. Now Donald Trump potentially is going to get involved because he's in China right now on a state visit. Britt, I said earlier that I think Trump and um, LeVar Ball are actually – kind of similar characters. Now, they're not exactly similar in what they do, but mm-hmm. you know they're brash, they're outspoken, they're probably a little bit chauvinistic. I think they probably are going to love each other if they actually end up meeting. Do we all deserve a LeVar Ball plus Donald Trump together press conference? <laughs> Can you imagine? It's a gift nobody asked for. They do seem to be cut from the same cloth. That is that's pretty correct. But I, I'm just still... I'm kind, of, I'm kind of speechless over the timing of it, that he would be over there right now when this is happening. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and I just keep going back to, like, it's it's popular to criticize him, slam him all you want, but when you're in a Chinese prison, the president, no matter who it is, is going to have to bail you out. So um, this, is a, this is a story that, like, isn't going away. And I'm sure, Clay, as you and I always sort of see it, witness it, complain about it, we're going to have a lot of takes. <laughs> a lot of hot takes that are left leaning when it comes to this situation. Um, so I'm just going to wait and see it on the, it unfold. Britt, the other thing that we've gotten a lot of attention on is, and I talked about this a little bit, but the reason why I'm giving it attention is because it's not going to get anywhere mm-hmm. near as much attention. I don't know if you saw this, but the Air Force Academy recently had a alleged racial incident that they gave mm-hmm. a ton of attention to. The, the The head of the Air Force came out and spoke and with the, his speech went viral, 1.2 million people watched it. He addressed the to whoever the racist individual was. The story now came out last night that this was a made-up hoax race event that a black running back on the uh, on the uh, prep school team was actually responsible for all of the racial slurs that he had done. It they don't I, I haven't heard what his motivation was. My guess is probably for attention, probably to be a victim. I don't know exactly what motivates somebody to make up a face, fake racial account, a racial mm-hmm. story like this. Does sports media have an obligation? And now, obviously, with Michael Bennett, who I think, based on the evidence, has been caught in a lie. Does sports media have a obligation now to not? accept these stories as true until the evidence proves that they're true because in other allegations like if somebody's accused of murder nobody comes out and says oh they did it and they immediately take the next step and start to analyze the significance of it with these kind of situations everybody goes ahead and takes the next step and we don't even know if they happen yeah, but I don't think that'll stop. I mean, what will what will Sarah Spain and Michelle Beadle do with themselves if they can't immediately rush to judgment about uh, social justice issues, right? Like, I, I agree with you. It's amazing to me how silent everybody went about Michael Bennett, and that just completely went under the radar. And, and for this, I, I, didn't re- I didn't comment on it. Like, when it happened, I saw it. Um, obviously racism should not be tolerated and I've 
the utmost respect for the Air Force Academy. They did need to get out in front of it. But now you see the details coming to the surface like this. And once again, it's just, it's just going to be, it's going to be all silent. I think there has been strides in terms of, you know, domestic violence and domestic abuse when it comes to the NFL. Uh, I, I think that there was a little bit more, let's wait and see with Ezekiel Elliott than just rushing to judgment as there has been in the past. I mean, that case is its own story in itself, as you know, Clay, just with how the NFL handled that. But I would like to think we would see a little bit more caution to answer your question. But, I mean, you know the same, the same people who just thrive off creating controversies and stuff over any little bit of news. So I, I don't know if that's ever going to stop. What, what I think is most amazing about this is the story itself of the alleged racial incident is going to probably, like, if you put it on a scale, like, you can go on Google News and search and mm-hmm. see how much attention something gets. I guarantee you the story of the alleged racial incident will get a 100 times at least the coverage of it being now a hoax. And what's disappointing mm-hmm. to me is there will be millions and millions of people out there that heard this initial story, reacted to it, and then when it comes out that it's a total hoax and that it was a black running back who was making it look like somebody was being racist towards him and he's now being kicked out of school, that's going to get a scintilla of the overall attention as the initial story did. And I think sports media, in many cases, bears the blame for why that happens. Yeah, and I know that, that you were pretty vocal about the LeBron James, quote, you know, the racist graffiti he claimed that he had. Wasn't it during the finals? Did, did anybody ever... Did that ever come out to be true? I know that you raised the flag of like, hey, let's like get all the facts first. It, it, it's, a, it's a great question, and I'm actually – I've got an inquiry into the LAPD right now because it's been six months since that incident happened saying, hey, what's the story here? What actually has yeah. ended up taking place? And nobody has responded at the LAPD officially yet to tell me what actually happened. I don't believe now when you look at all the evidence, I don't think – unless something's changed – I don't think that there was ever any evidence to support the fact that a racial slur happened outside of LeBron James's house, and that story just disappeared too. It's amazing yeah. how when any time somebody questions these stories and they don't fulfill the existing narrative, they just seem to vanish. Yeah, it's not that you you don't believe or question that. Again, sadly, it's it's terrible that racism exists, but it's just this is a business of journalists of people who should try to get all of the facts right in theory. And there isn't any of that. And it's like when you falsely accuse people of, of doing such things, it could ruin their lives. It could get them unemployed, like, and we're seeing the fallout now with the Air Force, as you mentioned. So I, I, just, would, I just wish there was more caution in doing this, but it's always going to be the same suspects, and you know who they are, that just will, will just turn a blind eye when the story turns out to be false. I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen it repeatedly. Britt, thank you, as always, for coming and hanging with us. We'll talk to you Thanks next week. Me. Okay, That's sounds good. Britt McHenry. Go follow, find her on Twitter. Uh, we'll be back. Final segment up next here on Outkick, the coverage. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Clay Travis here, Outkick, the coverage, Wednesday edition, and uh, the absurdity continues to grow you guys have done research into the Ball family vehicles and what is the situation out there for what they're driving. And if you're just waking up and you're thinking to yourself, why in the world is the Ball family back in the news? This time, it's actually a major international incident. 
Uh, I mean, in real life, the three UCLA basketball players, including Langelo Ball, have been arrested for shoplifting in China. They have been released on bail. They now face, according to Dan Wetzel of Yahoo News, uh, Yahoo Sports, three to ten years in prison. Um, and Donald Trump is just landing in China. So there's probably a good shot that Trump is going to find himself enmeshed in this major international incident where three American basketball players at UCLA face years in prison for shoplifting. And a couple of you who are uh, related to uh, the law in some way, lawyers who have had some experience dealing with China, have sent me DMs, and you're telling me that the prosecution rate in China for shoplifting crimes is insanely high, and that typically an American college kid who did this would spend substantial amounts of time behind uh in in jail in prison for violating the law don't shoplift in china would be a good lesson if you find yourself going to asia uh and don't uh, don't break the law in any other country because i love the irony of this the same people who march around talking about how awful american justice is have actually no conception of the fact that our justice system is the envy of the rest of the world you think you're going to get treated unfairly here when you are arrested and charged with a crime. Get a, Give me a break. We have one of the most established, protective systems of justice for defendants anywhere in the world. Our justice system is the model for virtually every other country in the world. Now, is it perfect? No. But our justice system works more seamlessly and better than just about any justice system in the world. And if you've ever dealt with any kind of justice outside of the United States, whether you got arrested in Mexico for uh, for having an open container, good luck with that. Whether you got pulled over in, uh, in some foreign country, whether you've been uh, forced to pay bribes to go through customs. I mean, if you travel very much in the world, you come to understand how good we actually have it in America. And maybe the Ball family is going to start to realize that as well as some of the significance of the, the, the potential danger that their, their son and two other uh, UCLA basketball players are facing here. Now, the Ball family is uh, is not lacking in money. So the idea that your son, who's got a full ride to UCLA and drives, what does he drive in LA? Uh, Leangelo drives a Ferrari. He drives a Ferrari. He's a freshman at UCLA and he drives a Ferrari. And his brother, who is like, what, 16 or 17, Lamello, what does he drive? Uh, for his 16th birth- birthday, he got a Lamborghini. <laughs> and I believe I'm, I'm correct in this that LeVar Ball just bought a five million dollar house in Chino Hills is that correct I believe so I think Danny G just uh, told me that they they just received a man they just got a mansion yeah they just bought a five million dollar yeah. home it, it's a uh, link to the LLC for the the family's company and it's a 5.2 million dollar mansion in the Chino Hills so uh, this is not a family that is hurting for money right now. So a lot of times people who shoplift to do it, not because they want the product and they can't, can't afford it otherwise, but in order to try to draw attention and have that rush of excitement over stealing something. And uh, this is just, I mean, to do it in China is up there on one of the dumbest things that I have seen an athlete do in recent history. Now, as Britt McHenry was pointing out, there's a certain level of irony here that athletes in general have been ripping Donald Trump like crazy. And now Donald Trump is going to be their savior, potentially, in terms of getting Leangelo Ball out of facing years in prison for shoplifting. 
And so there is certainly an incredible irony there. I personally am rooting for Donald Trump and LeVar Ball to have a joint press conference because I think it's the event that 2017 needs to bring everybody together in universal just disbelief over what has happened in our country. I've said this for a while. I think LeVar Ball and Donald Trump are kind of the same guy. Bombastic, boisterous, incredibly cocky, believing in their own genius over everybody else's uh, stupidity. I think LeVar Ball and Donald Trump would really like each other. And I think we need to see that press conference. Jason Martin, are you with me that this press conference would be riveting television? Oh, it would be peak 2017. Like, at this point, it we can't tell from day to day when stuff like this comes out or these potentials are out there if we're watching real life or if this is a Saturday Night Live skit. Like, this is the kind of thing, like, they couldn't even do that. Lauren Michaels could not write this better than it's actually playing out right now. If that press conference happens, the Rodman deal in North Korea will feel like <laughs> it will pale in comparison to this. Oh, man. So we'll be talking about this tomorrow. I honestly, when I saw this story come out, I said, my God, I can't wait to see what's going to transpire here. What time is it? I have no idea in China right now. I think it's about to be the evening. So they'll probably everybody will go to bed. Uh, tomorrow, I'm telling you, early in the morning, we're going to get some fireworks over the Donald Trump and LiAngelo Le- Le- Ball arrest, LeVar Ball, all the insanity. Hang with Fox Sports Radio all day for all the entertainment. I'm Clay Travis. Thanks for hanging with OutKick, the coverage. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying, flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when 
you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on!